the way that I looked at it was like, okay, if you think you're done researching, go do two more hours and figure out what you want to know and not take it a step further, right? You've already know everything about the company, learn everything about their competitors, learn everything about the market, learn everything about their customers. Who are they targeting? Who are their big names that they're flashing on there? What was the story there? Why was that such a good relationship? What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Young Enterprises Podcast, the end-to-end mentorship platform for enterprising students to unlock their career. I'm Alec Kagopian, here with my co-host, Jack Hildebrand. On this episode, we begin the Business Communications Month with Cole Houghton, an account executive at Dialpad. Dialpad is a business communications platform for the everywhere worker. After interning at Dialpad, he knew that he would do whatever it took to work there after he graduated from Auburn. Make sure to visit our website at youngenterprises.us, where you can sign up for the newsletter and even enter your phone number to receive notifications when episodes drop. And don't forget to check out our first ever Young Enterprises Business Communications Industry Career Guide. It will be a complete summary of our interviews and insights packed with resources and advice for anybody hoping to get their foot in the door with the business communications industry, formatted into a quick and digestible read. Also, you guys know us here at Young Enterprises. We don't pay for advertising. So if you guys like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe, leave a five-star review, or share our content with your friends and family. Without further ado, let's cut to the cold clip. So I'm looking at your Auburn hat right now. What do you study? I was actually a finance major. So okay. um, yeah, just kind of, I mean, I, I can't in, in uh, good faith say I was horribly interested in finance. I just knew that it wouldn't close any doors and uh, it would keep a lot open. But looking back, it was a pretty good decision. You get to learn more about like, you know, the cash flow. I mean, really the, the finances of the business. So and, and really what that means, you know, from sales and also just, you know, operating the company on board meetings, you get to actually understand like what the acronyms are, mm-hmm. which is refreshing. You're like, oh, I, I don't feel stupid. Like I get this. So <laughs> looking so back to your early years in college, what did you see yourself doing career wise? God, that's a great <laughs> question. I didn't, I, I didn't really have much direction. I mean, to be honest. I was more focused on on finding a, a good time than I was finding a, a job right earlier on. And then, you know, once we got around like junior year, uh, all of a sudden you, you reach a point where it's like, oh, it's getting real. And I was like, all right, I got to figure this out. So, uh, <laughs> you know, finance was great, learned a lot, but just couldn't really picture myself, you know, doing what I thought the, the stereotypical finance role was, which was like cranking away on spreadsheets. I mean, I love talking to people. So just being in any customer or, you know, like client facing role ended up being the focus. And then I learned about techcrunch.com and that changed everything. I mean, yeah, TechCrunch, I mean, if you're, if you're unfamiliar, like it's just, it's a, it's a website based entirely on like the tech space and growing up in the Bay area, right. You know, you're so close to Silicon Valley, it's in your backyard that you meet enough people that are in this, that you just develop a keen interest. And then you also see that these are the companies that are, you know, getting multi-billion dollar valuations. This is where like, you know, they're getting that, you know, hundred million dollars in funding from some guy down on Sand Hill Road in Silicon Valley. It's like, what is going on here? Started reading on that every day. And then all of a sudden it was, okay, let's pivot this to, you know, trying to see whatever we can do to land a job in a tech company. 
whatever that may be. I'll wash the floors if it means that I get to be a part of it. Like, that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever needs to happen, let's make it happen. So that's what really inspired you. Oh, 100%. At that point in time, too, that was really, uh, you can make an argument. I don't think it was the peak of Silicon Valley. Definitely not. But that was like pre-WeWork conundrum, right? And that's when you were seeing these crazy amounts of funding and you were seeing these crazy cool products coming out to like solve real world issues, whether they were in the business world or the consumer world. And they're still coming out. Like they're still prevalent. Don't get me wrong. But seeing that as somebody that didn't really know what they were going to do, it was like, that's the shit. So did you have any uh, internships while you were at Auburn? And how were you able to land those internships? And what was that process like for you and your experience? Yeah, so uh, 100%. Actually, I, I was one of the first interns at Dialpad. Okay. Uh, or first sales intern, right? And the way that I came about this, and it's kind of embarrassing, but I mean, it really just, I, I'm, I'm so lucky to have grown up in a position that I did, right? Where I was, you know, able to access people like Craig Walker, right? Mm-hmm. That a lot of people just aren't able to do. And, um, you know, one day it was actually, I, I, I didn't really know, and I'm ashamed to admit this, I hope he doesn't listen to this later, later but I, I didn't really know what Craig did, okay. right? And, and I was like, I, I know he's, he's got to be doing something, right? But um, we were just playing golf one day, and the way that I remember it, he might have a different recollection, but he, was, he asked me straight up, he's like, dude, what do you want to do with your life? And at that point, I'm just like, again, I was, wasn't really focused on anything. I was like, man, I... I I guess the only thing I could say is like, I really love the tech space. Like I've heard software sales is really cool. I was a junior in college. Yep. Okay. It was, um, it was before that summer. So I think it was back for like Christmas break or winter break at that point. And he was, he dropped like, Oh yeah, you're interested in tech. I think I know a guy like, you know, can talk about maybe getting you set up for an internship or something like that. And, uh, it's like, Oh man, that's great. Like I'd love to meet him, you know, (laughs) not knowing that it was him right there. So, (laughs) <laughs> Craig, I mean, I, I'm forever indebted because Craig took a shot on a kid with a not-so-great GPA at a at an SEC school working in San Francisco in a high-growth, like, hyper-growth tech startup. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much sink or swim. Day three was the still the coolest day I've ever had as a working adult. It was right, and I don't, I don't know how familiar you are with, like, the history of Dialpad, but in 2018, we acquired an artificial intelligence company called TalkIQ. And on the third day of my internship, we announced said acquisition. So we had like press coverage in the office. And I'm like looking around like, damn, this is it. Like this is what, this this is what I've been reading about. This is what I've been reading about, right? And I'm like, yeah. this shit's crazy. Like Forbes is in here. Like TechCrunch, the people that I read religiously are right next, you know, in the room next to me. Mm-hmm. Like this is insane. And they just like, I mean, they're celebrating and everything like that. And at that point in time, I was like, this, I, I don't care what it takes. If it's 14 hour days, if it's 18 hour days, I don't, I frankly, don't give a shit. Like I'm going to get a job here, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. And once we do, we're going to take this thing to the moon. I'm going to do everything I can and I, I can in my, in my power to do that. And so that kind of embarked this journey. So yeah. <laughs> cranked away as an intern. Uh, there wasn't a playbook. You kind of wrote your own. That's how and, uh, work. and it's a beautiful thing to be a part of if you're about that, right? Like some people love a lot of structure and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. I'm perfect with operating in a complete, you know, environment of chaos, which it, it wasn't that, but it was certainly like, it wasn't the extreme, mm-hmm. but it gave so much flexibility. So it was like, you know, you have your main job and then I would see things, I would, I would watch the account executives that I was working under and I, I'd see them like kind of, you know, try to form patterns on what was, you know, slowing them down. 
or like what was driving them crazy, right? You know, ah, oh, we can't get contact information on this one. And then I would just not tell anybody. I would go off on the side and I would start evaluating alternatives. I noticed that people were struggling with this, this, and this. Um, so I just went out on my own and I actually did some testing right here. This is the criteria that I based it off of like, here's the report. And, um, you know, you do whatever you want with it, but that's, you know, that's it. I was, uh, I, I mean, bottom, bottom of the totem pole. So anything that we could do to, you know, outside of the job, if, even if it required a couple of hours of work, like it was worth it 110% in my mind. So, and that I was your mindset you. going into it. You're like, I'm going to do whatever it takes here. Cause you looked around and you saw this environment and you're like, I am going to work as much as I can. I'm going to make an impression and whatever it takes, I'm going to work for this company. So you were okay with that. Didn't, it literally didn't matter if somebody said jump. The only question was how high, I mean, and it was down <laughs> to the, uh, it, it was only, it was down to like the minute details too. Mm-hmm. It's a tech company. People were wearing flip flops and like t-shirts, you know, it's, no way. It's, I mean, it depends on what role you're in, right? But mm-hmm. like, I, I made it a point. I was like, I'm gonna be the best dressed person in that office every single day. That's that's what interns do, right? You got to work your way up. You got to take notes. You got. I was wearing like, you know, button down shirt, slacks, dress shoes every day. And, you know, <laughs> and you're like, who's this guy? I think he is. It's like, I don't care. Like that's that's what it's gonna take, and people still remember that. So you knew you wanted to work at Dialpad. Was there even an interview process for you because they already knew you as an intern? Or oh yeah, definitely. I mean, there's yeah. there's still an interview process, right? What was nice is I mean, I, I just had an advantage as you know they were familiar with me, right? People in San Francisco were familiar, right? At least maybe not the folks down in Austin, but still had to go through the procedure like everybody else. <laughs> no shortcuts there. Do you have any good advice on handling those kind of interviews? Uh, there's no such thing as over preparing. That's good. And I, I think that goes a long way. And I actually, somebody taught me that. I, I, I wish I could name drop somebody right there, but uh, it was during my interview. Actually, I think it was Chris Combs. And the, I mean, like the way that I looked at it was like, okay, if you think you're done researching, go do two more hours and figure out what you want to know and not take it a step further, right? You've already know everything about the company, learn everything about their competitors, learn everything about the market. Learn everything about their customers. Who are they targeting? Who are their big names that they're flashing on there? What was the story there? Why was that such a good relationship? Like anything and everything under the sun, anything you can arm yourself with, like that's, I mean, that's the differentiator right there. Because at the end of the day, I mean, when we're looking at, when you're coming out of college, um, you can't really base on like, I mean, yeah, GPA, sure. Class placement, sure. But that's different at every school, Right. And you can't base off prior, you know, full-time job performance because you just came out of college. So the real differentiator there is just complete and pure hustle. What are you going to do to set yourself apart? So Straight to the point. Yeah, man. yeah no, uh, there, there, there's no silver bullet, man. It's just, it's just you know, a lot of sweat. <laughs> As an account executive at Dalpad, can you explain your day-to-day role? Yeah, 100%. So we're in charge of like the full sales cycle, right? So... A lot of times, I mean, in the small business space, right, we're dealing with anywhere customers, you know, 50 headcount and below. They're oftentimes looking to, you know, either solve a problem or their phone system is up on a contract or they're just interested in what else is in the market, right? Our job is to guide them through not only the buying process, right, introduce them to Dialpad, um, not only just from a feature standpoint, but really from a benefit standpoint, which is something that's unique with Dialpad, right? We like to have more of a broader conversation, 
about the business as a whole and what the impact of the phone system and the communications platform can do, which in my mind is awesome. I love that. Love those conversations. But um, really, I mean, at a basic level, you're generating, you know, interest in the product, right? Through meetings, through, you know, outbounding activities, right? Which is a whole nother rabbit hole we'll save for another time of actually how to get your foot in the door. Although if we're having this conversation and you all got to Craig, it sounds like you're pretty good at it. And then from there, you're, you know, walking the customer through what it is to buy a phone system. Not everybody buys phone systems every day, right? It's not like going and buying a sandwich. It's uh, so a lot of people need a little bit of guidance and it's our job to be the experts, not only in dial pad, but in the process, what's good for the customer right? And then also knowing a little bit about the industry there or a lot of bit about the industry. That way you can make, you know, try to somewhat act as like a consultant as well as a sales representative. Could you give and me a quick, that, little, quick little pitch? Quick little pitch. Absolutely. The high level of dial pad, and I, there's about 20 different ways to go about it, which is a sign in, in my mind of being a good company. But dial pad is really a unified, modern unified communications platform. And what that means is that we take your video, we take your voice, right, SMS, uh, we take your con contact center needs. Uh, if you have a sales team, we have an approach for them as well that's specific to their needs. And essentially, we take that all-in-one platform, we put it across any device that's accessible almost anywhere in the world. And the kicker and the icing on top, right, is every single platform that I just mentioned is embedded with artificial intelligence in order to make sure that you have a better product, better conversation, right, your team actually gets to treat voice as a data set and pull insights from their calls, which, I mean, if you think back to, God, ever since the creation of the phone, right, that hasn't really been a thing. Voice has been like a black hole in terms of data, which is why it's such an you know, exciting company. It's an exciting time to be a part of it because what we're doing is re really taking like a, you know, over a hundred year old or whenever Alexander Graham Bell made the first phone call, taking that product and completely reinventing the wheel on it, in my opinion. So, mm -hmm. Hey, it's a modern business communication system for the everywhere worker. Exactly. There you go. There's your elevator pitch. So going back to Auburn, do you have any advice for staying focused through all the craziness and distractions of college? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd say, I, I'd say like sincerely enjoy it. Once you're there, like once you leave, you, you can't really go back. I mean, I remember going back at like my first year in the working world and being like, shit, like, that my buddy that took seven years was like the smartest person I know now being like, he just stretched it, you know, it was like, uh -huh. you, you never want to go in the working world and it was great. But it, I mean, really savor it. Right. I, I used to get so annoyed at people like it's the best time of your lives. It really is. It's so cool. So, I mean, really there's, there's work and there's play. If you can manage both, right. And you can meet a lot of cool people. And I think that's actually, I, I think honestly, being in the social scene in Auburn benefited me quite a bit because it teaches you how to interact with people that are different than you, right? That you just don't know. I mean, the the whole concept of like, there's no thing as strangers, just friends you haven't met yet, right? Like meeting people, just kind of, you know, understand that. I, I think there's a lot of value in actually being out in the social scene where I know that's typically frowned upon. You treat with schools your, as your job, you're going to do just fine. But at the same time, Make sure to soak it in, stop and smell the roses while you're there because uh, once you leave, you can't go back. Copyright music was used during this podcast.